you guys got to got to come and um, sit down and talk a little bit more about what you guys do. Um, uh, easy way to get into this is really just talking to me about your mission and really what's your guys' purpose of not only the brand, but what you guys try to do on a daily basis and accomplish. So I'll let one of you guys start by sharing that. Do you want me to start? Sure. So uh, we both, I think, have the mission through teeth whitening to boost people's confidence. Um, we know a lot of people that do like YouTube full time or um, like realtors and different jobs like that where uh, you want to feel good about your appearance. Um, a lot of times we've both had clients that actually start crying after our session oh, because they're like, you don't understand how self-conscious of my teeth or of my smile that I've been. And then they see the results that we're able to get them. And it just, it's just like a, a weight lifted off of their shoulders. Yeah. And it's something that people go like a long time without doing because they don't realize how, like, how much of a confidence boost it is when they actually get it done. But it's just overwhelming when they see the difference. I mm-hmm. can like too. Plus, yeah. yeah, plus I think it's like a service that still not a lot of people know about. Yeah. We still get a lot of people that are like, what do you do? What is that? Isn't it in your name, though? Like, Right. Well, no. Well, not really. It's like in our bio, but... Yeah. Oh, okay. I just feel like people hear, like, teeth whitening, and they're like, oh, the horror stories from the dentist's mm-hmm. offices. Oh, I gotcha. Mm-hmm. But when they come to us, we make them feel better about it. Mm-hmm. So what makes you guys different in other terms rather than it just being about, you know, being scared about going to the dentist? Like, what do you feel like you've heard from your clients of why they choose to go back every day? So the retractors at the dentist, I've heard that those hurt um, and they do use one percentage gel most of the time or, um, yeah, so they'll use like one percentage of gel on every person and that person sometimes can't even stand it for more than five minutes without feeling a bunch of pain or the client goes home with like a ton of pain after the whole entire session for like weeks at a time. Wow. Yeah, most of the times they just use a really high percentage and it's just straight across the board yeah. for every patient that they have. And then they also that. say that they had to pay like 600 plus dollars for a session or a take home um, do it yourself. Right. And it doesn't even get them more than like four shades over a week's period of time. So the clients that are coming in, they're pretty knowledgeable about the stuff they're getting done, mm-hmm. I'm assuming. Some of them. Some they, of them, yeah. Because I don't know if I was to go to the dentist and just be like, oh yeah, my teeth are four shades or whatever. Like you just mentioned, I don't think I'd be able to tell. I'm just like, it's a dentist. They're going to do what I expect them to do. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. That's why I like before and after pictures too, because they mm-hmm. show like, mm-hmm. a, like a good before and an after. Mm-hmm. So tell me what what's included in like your basic package. Like what does a person get if they're coming to you first time and they're just like, I just want the most basic package you have. What can you do for me? Do you Sure. Our normal, we have different sessions as far as how long you want your whitening to be and how many results you want to get, but our most popular is our 60-minute teeth whitening. Okay. So they come in, they're under the light for three rounds of 20 minutes, and that usually on an average client will show about four to nine shades, sometimes a little bit more. Um, But yeah, so they know that coming in. They're going to be under the light for 60 minutes, which Mm -hmm. is three rounds of 20 minutes, and they're going to see about a four to eight or nine shade difference when they leave. And is that kind of what is, it, comparing it to like the dentist, do you feel like you guys are pretty similar in that time frame, or do you feel like you take that extra time to really to, you know, be more invested in what your clients are doing or like having a conversation beforehand? What What does that entail of? I feel like our appointment sessions are definitely more intimate. Okay. We take the time to have consultations with them, yeah. to explain to them every step that we're going to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, we stay in the room with them, whereas a dentist, I think they just kind of put you in the light and go on about their ways. So okay. They're probably sitting there by themselves for a good amount of time, but we stay in the room with our clients. A lot of times we try to actually have conversations, at least for me. So we make them feel comfortable. Yeah. And like we, during the consultation, we get to know their teeth, like their history of their teeth and all of that. So that way we can fully customize their session to their wants and their needs, but yeah. like obviously putting their needs first. We want them to be in pain during the session right. or after, like in severe pain. That's right. cool. So it's it's like a, a two spectrum basis, like where you're both working together to get something accomplished. Rather than, I feel like going to the dentist sometimes I do understand why it can be so scary because 
it's almost like they're doing the work to you and whatever you have to say, they're not really going to care because they're just trying to get it done. So money. Yeah, exactly. Right. So they can get the payout. Right. Or they probably don't even really explain how the process mm-hmm. works. I mean, we take the time to explain that to our clients too, but also we fully customize our sessions. So we have different levels of strength of gel and we let okay. them know, like we get to know if they have normal sensitivity in their day-to-day life, like if their teeth cause them pain, so that we can customize our session. If they have some teeth that might be darker than others, we're going to use a different gel on that area so that we can really make sure that they get the best results possible with no pain and the least amount of sensitivity possible. So Awesome. Yeah, so I guess the next question would be what really got you guys invested into this? Like, I feel like it's a lot of education and knowledge that you have to have to just be able to say, I want to start whining people's teeth. You know, it takes, you got it takes trust. I feel like, so mm-hmm. what, what got you guys invested into coming to this point and, you know, teeth whining? So I have always loved making people feel good about themselves and like I go above and beyond for it. Cause I'm always like the giver, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that kind of draw me, draw, drew me. Drew me to this um, like industry. I was doing facials at first, and then I was like, "You need a license to do that." So I wanted to be legal, you know, and do something cosmetic. Um, so I ended up taking a training, and I fell in love with it. Like it kept educating myself. Like you can never know enough. Like, mm-hmm. like so, you keep educating yourself and doing whatever you can to expand that knowledge. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. And then Peyton, what about yourself? Pretty much the same. Um, I was actually a a licensed massage therapist when I lived back in Florida. So I've always been in the service industry and the different jobs that I've done. Um, I just enjoy that and serving people and helping people. Um, And and then business-wise, once I learned what teeth whitening was, um, and you see that it's kind of a newer industry, it's up and coming, it's not, you know, as overly saturated as massage therapy. And it's... It's something that was able to fit my lifestyle of being a stay-at-home mom and homeschooling my kids and make decent money while also still in that service industry and making people feel better about themselves. So it just kind of all meshed together perfectly. That's another thing that kind of drew me into was like, obviously the money is good, but like just being able to be home because I was working from home before, but I wasn't like happy there for three years. Your volume's good right there. Okay. I like that. <laughs> Keep it right there. <laughs> so for three years, I was working from home and it just wasn't it. Like my son had to be kind of cooked up in the room and like mm. he wanted to start like walking and stuff. So I didn't want to keep him doing that for like eight hours a day. So I just started investing my time into figuring out what kind of business I wanted to do because I wanted to move towards like financial freedom. Yeah. And, and I, helping others. Right. And I think that's kind of what drew me to your guys' page because for like to be honest I've never seen a teeth whining business run out of I didn't think you guys ran it out of your houses but I knew that it wasn't like a clinic like you know a dentist office right. that you go to or a family dentistry or whatever that looks like right. but it kind of pulled me in and I'm like oh this is kind of cool because I don't see this a lot you know you yeah. see like eyelashes you see like you said massage therapists that do that out of their own homes but your guys' kind of situation in the industry I was all oh, that's kind of cool so I mean it made me press follow and then just to see how active and engaging you guys are with Instagram and how you guys, you know, get on video, you do photos, not only of just what you're doing, but really talking to people and trying to let them know that you're here to help them. And especially in the, I would say like health and I'm, I'm definitely one to like be a part of that. Like the health yeah. dilemma is scary. Like right. it can be kind of frightening and intimidating for people. So the way you guys present it, I will say like, it's, it's what brought me to get to this point and just really be interested about what you guys do. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's very vulnerable for like women and men for right. us to be in their mouth. Like yes. that's right. something huge. Like, and for people to trust us to do that. I absolutely love what we do. Right. And I'm sure I would say like, I would compare it to like, someone that you know is a cash register you know at a bank or someone like you guys get to see people come in and out of your lives that have completely different stories and whether it's something that touches you or not it's still a conversation to be had because like you mentioned you make it intimate and once you get to that point you don't just learn about the clients oh how was your day you learn more about you know they have kids you know what their you know what their hobbies are what they like to do what they don't like to do like all that kind of stuff and i think that's what establishes them coming back and then the consistent flow of money which Mm -hmm. 
I think I would rather pay someone that can have a conversation and I can trust rather than pay someone that just does great work, you know? For sure. I've had some pretty deep conversations yeah. with clients. I've had clients come in and tell me like their whole life yeah. story yeah. about their kids and their kids' spouses. And I love it because it helps us too. Like mm-hmm. when we talk about certain things, you know, like it helps us too if we're going through something. Mm. Like, we're like, oh, we're not alone type of thing. It's like mini therapy. Yeah, right. That's what a barbershop is for, like, guys. Like, you just go in there, and it's just like a mini therapy session. Yeah. The barber that you go see once a week, twice a week. You're just like, hey, how are the kids? Or, like, you know, how is it going with your situation? And I try to, like, people watch whenever I'm in there because I do see some people will be, like, held back, but, you know, they don't go to them every week or consistently. And then other people will be like, I don't know what to do with my wife. I don't know what to do with my kids. Like, they're just going through so much stuff. And I'm like... Yeah, that's that's the kicker of being in that kind of you know industry is that yeah. you guys get to experience stuff like that and learn yeah. more and help them in different ways. Yeah, I have to say like there's some people that talk really good with the retractor and ML. Really? Yeah. Like you can understand every word, and then other people are like. Huh? I'm sorry. Do you want to text that to me? Like, I'm yeah. sorry. I can't oh, I've been no. They try to have a full-on conversation with me while they're under the light, oh, and I, there's been a handful of times where I've had to say, "Listen, I gotta be honest. I can't understand what you're saying." But when you're done, we're gonna rehash this. Yeah, no, I couldn't do that. That's crazy. I'm like salivating everywhere, and just like, just like, why am I talking? <laughs> it's, a, it's a kicker, honestly. Um, but no, for the main point of like you know, bringing you guys here was obviously to learn a little bit more about what you guys do. Um, but uh, like you guys mentioned it already. And I think the overall like impact that you guys have is trying to help people. And I think that's what brings people into these chairs. It's what, you know, provides opportunity to have conversations. And I really am more invested into your personal stories rather than what your brand is doing, because I know your brand is, you know, very successful and it's trying to, you know, get to the point to where you guys both want financial freedom. But I want to know like the, the point of time period to where you guys were in maybe a vulnerable state or like in a, you know, position that was pretty low and what kind of got you guys to this idea of starting this whole thing. So you guys can piggyback off each other or whoever wants to like go first or share whatever they feel like. I'm I'm really interested to know more about that. I feel like if you go first, I'll be willing to open up. (laughs) That's fine. I can go first. Um, So I've, my oldest is eight, and I've been a stay-at-home okay. mom since she was born. Um, but I was, at the time when she was born, I was in um, a really abusive, mm. alcoholic, drug-riddled relationship. Um, so it got to the point after my second was born where I was ready for some separation. I was ready to kind of okay. get out of there. So we, I brought my kids here um, to live with my mom. And sort of start life over at okay. 26. And it was one of those pack a few clothes up in a bag and get on a midnight flight type of deal. So wow. a movie. Yeah. that was my lowest point. And when I got here, um, I took about a month to kind of let the dust settle. And then I immediately was in this mode of I'm a young single mom of two. Like I have to figure out how to provide for these kids by myself and mm-hmm. figure out life by myself. Um, so at first I went back to what I've known before kids, which was, you know, a typical kind of nine to five. Um, I used to be in the restaurant industry before I did massage therapy. So I tried to go back to that, but honestly, as a single mom with two kids under two, daycare is extremely ridiculously expensive. Um, and I didn't have a car when I came here because I had hopped on a plane. I mean, I was really starting with nothing. Okay. So it was really hard to be a mom with two kids under two with absolutely nothing to your name and even just work a regular nine to five. I mean, trying to find daycare just for interviews was very difficult in a new state across the country than when I'm from. Um, then when I would go to those interviews, I mean, I'm paying childcare to go on an interview with no guarantee of getting a job. Um, and then eventually I did do an interview at a massage therapy spa. Um, and she offered me the job, but what she was going to pay me was literally going to cover daycare and leave me with like $10 every month. So, I mean, it just wasn't even, it wasn't even smart or worth it or anything. So at that point, my mom had actually said, listen, like I, she knew that I was moving in the direction of wanting to homeschool them when they got older. So she kind of was the one to say, why don't you just stay here? Focus on raising your kids 
don't stress about working right now. Like she was like, let me take care of you financially while you raise the kids, which is a huge blessing and unheard of. So I did do that for a while. And then probably about two years in, I had this weird mom guilt kind of feeling where like, that's not a normal lifestyle in society. And so then I found myself really struggling. Like I see the value in being a stay at home mom and homeschooling my kids, but I'm single. Eventually I'd like to get married again. Is a man going to see value in that? Is a potential husband going to see value in that? You know? Um, And I really had that internal struggle of wanting to be home with my kids, but also wanting to be able to work. And how was I going to make that work? Um, So I really started hard on trying to figure out ways to make money from home. And I kind of did it all. I did network marketing. I did affiliate marketing. I worked for an advertising agency for a year. Um, I did a lot of things from home and some of them worked and some of them didn't. Some of them I made great money. I would make, you know, $800 in a day, but then maybe the next six days I would make nothing. Mm -hmm. Or I've done drop shipping and I've had really successful weeks in that. And then also weeks where there's nothing. It's very feast or famine. So I really wanted to find something that would allow me to be home with the kids, homeschool the kids, not take up all of my time, but also be able to make enough where I could be financially independent and I could provide for my kids in the way that they need without me having to go outside of the house and work two full-time jobs and give an entire paycheck to childcare. So um, when I saw a friend that I have on Facebook doing teeth whitening, I had never heard of it before. I didn't know anything about it, but she's posting, you know, all of this business success and the money that she's making. So I immediately messaged her and was like, I need details on how to do this. So she put me on um, and it's really been, God has blessed me hugely with this business and it's really taken off right from the jump. And we are able to build the relationships with the clients that we have and they refer new business to us and they come back to us. And so, I mean, I'm able to make good money in an hour's worth appointment with my kids hanging out in the back and then go back to doing schoolwork with them right afterward. And it's been great. It's really been life-changing for me. So. And it feels like we found like a lifetime friendship too. I was going to say, yeah. you know, like at the end of the day for you guys to find yourselves, which I'll let you guys talk about, but that's a, that's a wild story. You know, yeah. that's crazy. <laughs> my gosh. So it's been a wild <laughs> and that's what, I guess, like that's what brings like the true like personality in someone. And then just the depth that you have, the depth that you're going to have when you present, you know, the stuff that you are going through, but yeah. I just think overall, we all have stories to share and it's not always about having 400,000 followers on Instagram or TikTok or social media or, you know, starting this business from nothing and making six figures and being all in the public news. Like I could care less what those people have because, Mm -hmm. you know, they're living a life that I probably won't ever be able to live. And I don't know if I would want to live that life. Mm -hmm. You know, I like to hear stories like these to where. I can relate to some stuff, obviously in this case, probably not to you guys because you have kids, but at the same time, it's a mentality of like, you could either live, you know, poor with the mindset, you know, poor mindset or rich mindset. You pick which one you want to have. And it's not about the money. It's about the mindset. So I would say that's the biggest thing that I, you know, take from what you guys have shared with me is you guys want to accomplish something that very minimal people want to accomplish or, you know, just want to go after. So there's beauty in this struggle. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So do you feel comfortable sharing? You don't have to. You don't have to. But. I think it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, where do I start? Because, I mean, I feel like it's like a whole backstory. Um, I would say, tell me a point of your life to where you felt like you kind of just wanted to give up and just, you know, stop, you know, going after what you really wanted. How about that? Okay. So growing up, I just had like a really insane, unique life. I feel like I've been like bounced around and um, like my parents were in drugs a lot. So I saw that a lot. And then um, like when I turned 18, I ended up partying and stuff and like kind of going down that path too, Mm -hmm. to where I kind of got lost in lost in that life and I didn't have the best like friend choices or anything like that like they didn't want to 
do much with their life, you know? And I was kind of going down that path too. So my mom, I ended up living with her and like, I love her to death, mm-hmm. but like we, we, she wasn't the best example at that time. So I okay. think I kind of like fed off of that and like continued doing what I was doing. Cause I had that freedom to do that right. and no structure. Um, but there came to a point where I was like, I left her house and I stayed with my friend and then my sister was like, come stay with me. Like, cause my sister did raise me for a little bit of my life. Okay. So How old is your sister? She's 30 something. <laughs> that's uh, yeah. my, uh, my girlfriend has the same situation. She has an older sister, but that's around like the same time frame. So yeah, I also have an older sister than her. So she's like 45. Mm-hmm. But yeah, all my sisters are older and the youngest. So I, th- I feel like I kind of got lost in the mix. If that makes sense. Like they all kind of had their lives, but they tried to help at the same okay. time. But I was just also really rebellious. I think. <laughs> and um why do you think that? Why do you think you were like rebellious? I didn't have structure. So okay. like I just wanted to do what I wanted to do. Right. You know, like I was what's the word for that? Like just stuck stuck doing the same thing over and over. Right. You're living in a environment to where you thought that was the norm. Normal, you know? yeah. That was just yeah. normalcy from the time you were born and granted like that's it's not fair, but at the same time it's like you're here, but like, sorry, sorry to interrupt, but go on. No, it's okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so like at that point, my sister told me like, hey, come stay with me for a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. let's get you on the right track. So I started working more and um, like I was still partying, but there came to this one point where I ended up in a really bad situation. And okay. um, like that kind of woke me up and I ended up talking to my boyfriend now, but we've been together for three and a half years and I didn't really take anyone serious at that time. Like, I was like, oh, I don't want to be committed. Okay. So he kind of showed me, like, the ropes and was like, hey, I actually care about you. Like, Mm. and so I knew he wasn't going to put up with that at all. So I stopped my partying. And the thing that made me realize he actually cared was he reached out to one of my friends. I didn't even know. Like, he was just like, hey, is Amanda okay? Okay. And I had lost my phone or someone stole my phone, my purse, and my car keys that night. so he like messaged my friends like hey is Amanda okay and like that just kind of made me feel like he cared right and then I was like oh someone actually like cares you know yeah so that that was my breaking point and then ever since then because I had gotten a DUI like I was in and out of jail like just crazy backstory how many times a lot (laughs) really like more than like 10 like five okay yeah I mean not okay (laughs) I don't know why I said that, but wow. That's what I was like, over there, it felt like a mugshot. <laughs> like PTSD, I'm over here. She like walks out. She's triggered. Like, yeah, I don't um, even know that I caused that. I'm sorry. No, I'm, <laughs> like, no like, I'm so sorry. No, but yeah, so I was just wild and he kind of like paved that for me. And I during that time, I had to unlearn so much like, it was such a hard time for me because you have to learn all those things that you thought were normal, like that your family made you feel were normal, you know? And I love all of them to death, but there were some things that yeah. shouldn't have happened. And um, like, obviously it's forgiving, but. I mean, if you, if you forgive, yeah, I feel like at some point it's easier to live with, with forgiveness, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I wouldn't say unlearned. I would say, you have that experience to now with your kid, you can know that Mm -hmm. that's never something you want to do. Right. You know, like I think it's important just, especially being in relationships. It's so challenging. Like I can kind of like understand the relationship that you were in, you know, with drug abuse and abuse. And in this case with your family, like I've seen kids that I've worked with come up in similar situations. I've put myself in similar situations as your relationship. And it's, it's a weird feeling. It's like gray. It's like, you see everything gray. There's nothing like good or bad. And I think for like both of you, it's really interesting because now you know what a good parent takes or like what kind of parent you want to be. And you can live with that knowing that you were in situations that you can share with your kids. And I think that's important, you know? So my parents just short, they met each other when they're like seven years old and they've been together since they were seven. They grew up in a small town. Yeah. I love that so much. So 
in this instance, like going through, in this case, I had a very toxic relationship in college where drug abuse, abuse to both of us. Like we just were young and we got caught up in like the wrong situations. And I was addicted to a few substances for a little bit, but it was the fact, like you mentioned, and I think it's always important. Like there's always three things. My dad's always told me like three things, you know, you get three strikes and that's it. And that third one is like your breaking point. And you yeah. could either get out of the situation or you stay in it and you mm-hmm. suffer whatever consequence that is. Right. And my third one was basically putting myself in a situation to where I could have gone to jail yeah. for some of the actions that were happening, you know? So that's when I realized like, I don't want this anymore. Like clarity mm-hmm. just hit. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I can't be doing this. Like I, I got, well, I'm proud of all of us. You know what I'm saying? Like we realize that, but at the same time, I know that I can share that when I'm ready to have kids mm-hmm. with my young ones and stay with. Right. right. Like this is what it takes to be a good person. Not even like a good boyfriend or girlfriend or husband or wife. This is what it takes to be a good person because it's not about anyone else until you take care of yourself right. first. Right. So that's something I've had to learn along the way too. Cause like I said, I'm a giver. Okay. So, like, when it comes to me, I'm always, like, putting myself on the back burner, but mm-hmm. I've definitely learned lately, like, to put myself first. Because if I'm not okay, then everyone else around me won't be okay either. Like, because I am a mom, like, if I'm not okay, then neither is my son. Like, mm-hmm. I just feel like I'm not my full capability to take care of him when I'm not okay. Oh, definitely. I mm-hmm. agree completely. Now, what has, I mean, I'm sure, you know, there probably was some PTSD with both of you in your situations, like, you mentioned it kind of took carry over with your boyfriend. Like what, what has it left a toll on you now present day? Like, are there still things that kind of linger and that you guys still struggle with or is everything pretty much kind of like you've accepted and you're moved on? I still struggle. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like sometimes in my day to day, like I feel myself like shut down, Okay. but like that's just to protect myself. And I feel like I want to get out of that. But I've been working on it. But I've done a lot of growth over the last three and a half years. It just, it's still a work in progress. Right. Mm -hmm. And are you okay with like maybe it never coming to that point to where you're just fully like, I don't know. I wouldn't say acceptance is the word, but like fully healed from it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean. I'm I'm accepting of that, honestly. Like I know I'll get to that point. So I feel like for myself, I said, too high of expectations sometimes and you know maybe I tell myself or my girlfriend like oh yeah I'm totally fine like I got over it and then two weeks later I'll go to counseling and they're like it gets brought up and I just kind of like break down and like start crying just like shit I'm not over it yet you never really know what's bothering you until you start like putting the little Mm -hmm. tiny things together you're like oh okay that has a huge impact on how I'm feeling right now like yeah mm -hmm. and I think being aware, I think is a big one. Like I wasn't really aware of why I was doing the things I was doing or why I wanted to do certain things. And once you like become more aware of your body and your mind, it's almost like, Oh, okay. I do understand how the thing that I thought I was over is still happening in my day to day because of how I'm feeling and how I treat other people in certain periods of my time, Yeah, you know? So, um, what about you? Um, I, I don't know that I necessarily struggle with the things that I struggled with when I first moved to Arizona. Um, I really did like the first two years, I, I was kind of like a hermit and I really just dug deep and dove deep into like working through all of those things. And I really like, I didn't try to make friends. I didn't try to date. I wasn't working. I was literally like keeping my kids alive and then trying to make sure that I was healing and growing and doing all of the things. Um, and I credit a lot of that to Jesus, to be honest with yeah. you. I mean, I tell people, anybody that will listen, he definitely saved me from myself and from everybody else. And, um, I mean, there were nights where I literally would stay up until 4 a.m. just crying on my closet floor, like, Lord Jesus, help me get through this because I don't know what is coming next or where I'm going next. And I would say the only thing that I, you know, that triggers me or that I struggle with is that that feeling of like single parenting, that's something I never wanted my kids to go through and growing up in that kind of split home aspect. Um, Thankfully now their father seems to be on the mend and sobering and doing his thing. He seems to be doing well from what I can see in Florida. So there's only so much I know, but from what I can see, he seems to be doing better. 
Um, and that was really honestly the main thing that I prayed for day in and day out when I first came here was like, save him, get to him, make him so right. make him healthy and happy because my end goal would obviously be for my kids to be able to have a relationship with him and it being a, a safe and healthy relationship for them. So those are really kind of the only things that I would say like linger is navigating now this, you know, possible new co-parenting relationship in the future and answering the questions, you know, as my kids got older, I knew that there were going to be a lot of questions mm -hmm. and trying to figure out what's the right way to answer them. And I've pretty much told everybody from the jump, like when they start asking questions, I'm going to be honest, like obviously I'll answer it in an age appropriate way, mm -hmm. but I'm not going to try to sugarcoat. sugarcoat or hide anything from them. So, I mean, it has unfortunately brought me to situations where I'm talking with, you know, my seven year old about, drugs and what drugs are and what that does to you and I feel like that gives them like a safe place and to trust you and like yeah really yeah it's not something I would have ever wished on them to have to understand or even think about or know anything about at this age but it does give me some sort of relief about the fact that I have been able to be honest and yeah. we are able to talk about those things and and we understand as much as you know an eight and a six-year-old can and you know, we're just kind of, we're kind of going with the flow and taking it one day at a time. But other than that, I mean, I feel like I'm finally like coming out the other end, which, the does, <laughs> which does make me really excited though, because yeah. I do like, I know a lot of single moms and I know a lot of women that are kind of in that sweet spot of, they know that the relationship they're in is not good mm -hmm. but they don't really know because maybe they have super young kids or something and they don't really know like how to navigate that and I can pull off of my experience of being caught in that catch-22 where I'm the person where I always see the best in somebody mm -hmm. I'm always rooting for them and you never want to get to that place where you've lost all hope and Yourself. so yeah and so I now that I've kind of gone through that valley and come out the other end of you really can love them from a distance. Yeah. You really can make sure that you and your kids are safe and healthy while also hoping for the best, praying for the best. You know, you don't have to talk crap about them. You mm -hmm. don't have to, you know, try to drag their name through the mud. You don't have to, you really don't even have to hate them, which I feel like I was kind of super unique. And I had a lot of people in my life that I think really wanted me to hate him for a while and it's I was just like it's not in you know, you know? yeah like now it doesn't excuse any of the things that went on or any of the things that happened but there was never an ounce of of like hate or anger more so just like frustration and heartbreak and things mm -hmm. like that so I had a lot of those kinds of emotions that I needed to work through um and fighting the urge to you know go back into a toxic relationship just like out of pure selfishness I mean once I had my kids it it really became very apparent that it's not really about me or what I want anymore. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that has caused a lot of growth. Um, now I'm in a very healthy, stable, happy relationship. Yes. And it's very nice to see the total polar opposite. And um, now my end goal is just to have a good example for my kids to see both, you know, my daughter and my son of, what a healthy, happy relationship should look like. Okay. Um, so, and yeah. you being loved the correct way. Right. So I think that going forward, those are my struggles now of navigating a new relationship, a new kind of path in life that I never really thought I would find myself on uh -huh. and how to guide my kids through that. Because obviously I don't want them to go through the things that I've been through. Um, so it's going to be a lot of teaching them how to avoid the mistakes that I made and the mistakes that their dad made. And yeah. I think, I think it'll balance out too. you know, they'll, kids are smart. They understand, they you know, energy, they understand, you know, reading people at such a young age to where, if they can trust that you're going to tell them the full story and not there be some sly or some misinterpretation or misunderstanding that yeah. there's more information, you probably don't even have to touch in too deep into what your personal mistakes were because yeah. they already know. Right. You know? Yeah. And like not to say you have you'd expect that same energy from the other parent. You, I mean, hopefully that would happen, but at the end of the day, at least they know that the full truth is being said right. and they can just live. 
you know, because yeah. at the end of the day, they know that you love them, which I mean, I always pride parents and if you just love your kid, you know, I don't know what it's like having kids, but I feel like just to love them and give them attention should be the number one priority. Because mm-hmm. you, you see a kid get so happy when their mom and dad picks them up from school or whenever they, you know, go and give them lunch or whatever. I'm like, little right, the most little things. And this podcast, I heard this guy was in jail and he was um, in for about five to eight years. And his son was four or five years old and he took him to McDonald's and he only had five bucks. And his son just smiled and was like, I want to go. Yeah. And that's all that matters. That's yeah. what these kids wanted just to be able to hang out with their dad. Yeah. Right. And in this like situation, you mentioned um a, a value your your woman value in this case or your um wife value i think that's important because the generation that we're in i think it's really important to know what your partner or partner that you're seeking is looking for yeah, because right. if you want to in this case date somebody that is okay with having a stay-at-home wife or in this case working from home that's cool but it's wrong if you say you're okay and, and you're, you're not, not yeah. you know, like the transparency is there. And I think 21st yeah. century is huge because there's so many different things you can do with your life. Yeah. And if you both want to have the same mindset of going after something in this case that you both want, it's kind of up there with the same matching energy of, okay, what are you going to do to provide for this family? Like there's not many people that can take care of a family. The, right. the dad can't take care of the family for everyone anymore. Right. You know, that's how it right. used to be. It's hard. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm curious to know, like, what is your take on, you know, the husband value or in this case, the boyfriend value? Like, what do you expect out of your partners? <laughs> I feel like, um, Obviously, I feel like every woman feels like a man is like a provider and all of that. But I feel like they're the lead, too. So, um, like, the women can be the lead, too, and we be submissive. Like, just them being gentle, like, loving, hardworking, just a provider. Like, But I also want to be a provider, too. I was going to say, because, mm-hmm. I mean, you both I are... I do it alone. Well, you both are starting your own business. So, mm-hmm. in this instance, you are... A provider as well you know you're... I've always been like really independent too because I've always been in like that survival mode mm-hmm. so I feel like I'll always kind of be like that you know like I won't let a man take care of me okay but I like that I can help him too awesome mm-hmm. I would totally let a man take care of <laughs> <laughs> no I feel like um and we might be like on slightly different pages because we're different people but right. no that's fine but I draw a lot of my expectations from a standpoint of the Bible, like I really want that biblical marriage of where okay. where my husband provides for me and protects me and he's the leader and all of that. And that's kind of where like my heart has always been drawn to be the stay-at-home homeschooling mom. That's okay. where I see my place and my value. And that is something I never thought I would want, to be honest. Yeah. But once I had kids, it it just completely changed, changed for me. And that is something that I want. Um being a single mom and unmarried, having this business and making money is important. So now I kind of look at it where in the future, if I'm going to get married, I would expect for my husband to take the lead in terms of provision. But I also understand the times that we live, it might not be fully possible for a man to provide for an entire family and all of that all on his own. And I would love to, like we talk about financial freedom and that looks different for everybody. I mean, for me, I don't necessarily need to live like a super luxurious, lavish lifestyle, but um, like, I would love to live on land and have a farm and a garden. (laughs) Like for me, if, if my husband is able to take care of the main bills and my money from my business is able to pay for, you know, sports for my kids mm-hmm. or, you know, travel every once in a while or the food that it takes to feed the baby cows that I want. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like so as of right we're now. That the farm is going to yes. be involved with whatever marriage license is signed off. That makes I sense. need to find some land. <laughs> But yeah, like that financial freedom for me is just, I want to make sure that my kids have what they need and we're able to enjoy life. I mean, we don't have to have the nicest name brand things of everything, but as long as I feel like, and what you said, like it doesn't, the money doesn't care, doesn't matter to the kids. It's the time. Um, And I read this book recently that I told Amanda about called Hold On To Your Kids. And it's all about forming that attachment with your kids, because Mm. if they don't have that attachment with you, they're going to go and find it somewhere else with their peers and the rest of the world and that I want to avoid that so 
I don't necessarily need a, a crap ton of money in my name. I just want something that is stable that I know that I can go and take my kids to have a $5 ice cream yeah. and, and play at the park. It's which the is free. I mean, yeah. that's what they want. Yeah. Whereas if I go work a nine to five, they are forming an attachment with somebody else and mm. not me. And that's important to me. So having this business, it might not make me a millionaire. It might. And that might be fantastic. <laughs> I think we're on our way. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't, that's fine too, because mm. I'm able to be with my kids and it makes me enough that I can take care of bills and I can give them the things that they need and most of the things that they want and we can be okay. And then, you know, when that man steps in that wants to marry me and take care of the rest, even better. <laughs> It's crazy that you guys have two completely different like perspectives on what you guys want out of, in this case, you know, your men, but it still forms back to like the overall, you want to supplement somehow in helping out. Like you, for instance, you, you know, brought up a good point, like, oh, maybe he pays for like the, the house, the, you know, the whatever. And I help out with the kids sports mm-hmm. or the kids, whatever. Um, I still think that's, not all of the man taking care of you, but I think that's healthy. I think that's where we're at nowadays. And I, I don't have a problem with it. I like to say that, you know, I want, I would like to be a provider for me and my girlfriend when we get to that point, but she's also making more than I am. So it's like, we both have the same goal of wanting to get to a point to where we can be financially free right. and have opportunities. Right. Money gives you opportunities to right. do things exactly. and just live right. comfortably and that's what we both want. So I think we both have the same mindset and that's what works for us. Yeah. And I, I think as long as both parties have right. the same vision, like, like it goes back to expectations mm-hmm. and what you said, maybe giggle on the inside about like, um, dating and making sure that you both kind of want the same right. things that I was, when I finally decided to re-enter the dating world, I was that really awkward person that like <laughs> I got on a dating app. Okay. Because my best friend told me to, right? <laughs> and I was the person who was like, I was very straightforward. Like, I was not trying to waste my time. I right. have two young kids. Like, I don't have time for games. And at that time, I had taken the time to heal and really figure out what I wanted. So I was very straightforward. I mean, in my bio, I'm like, look, I need this. I want this. This is what I'm trying to do. It's like, I want to get married. If you're not, yeah, like, I love Jesus. I want to get married. And I'm a homeschooling mom. So, like, if that jives and you're interested, cool. And if not, like, go ahead and swipe left. You're not going to hurt my feelings. Right. I'm not trying to waste time here. And I can understand because at one point I was that person to where I was like, oh, my gosh, like, that's scary to see, like, a full plan right now for however you want to do it, but it makes sense. Like you have it's to. Like I'm swipe left. <laughs> well, I'm not even gonna lie. Like I think dating apps are perfect. I met my girlfriend now on a dating app, and we're going. We've known each other for about three years, so it's like I love, I I love it because <laughs> this gets on here. But I I'm trying to understand and communication is key and the only right. way you can do that is you know you want to hook up cool there's someone out there that is willing to hook up with you right. and not talk to you ever again but right. on the flip side of it there's someone out there that their time's ticking you know right. you don't have a clock and you don't know if you're gonna be here tomorrow next year in two right. years right. in this case you both have kids and their time is the most important time in the world and for someone to step in and be that role, it's not just a, oh, I'm a boyfriend, you're a girlfriend, like, you met your parents, we'll see how it works out. Right. No, it's like, how are you going to fit into our everyday life right. and our routine? And yeah. how are you, how am I going to make sure that I can trust you with my kids? Not right. only when I'm around, but when you guys are alone. There's right. some weird people out here. Yeah, right. Some weird people out here that want to play daddy or want to play, in this case, mommy. And I just... It can be complicated, but at the same time, there are people out here that would love to step in and be such a great role model for these right. kids. So Yeah. And I think both situations, too, regarding women, whether they're going to be like the typical independent woman or mm-hmm. the typical like wife stay at home. I think both are great and beautiful right. and they both have their their strengths and it just comes down to what you want out of life. Like I personally, I tried to step into that whole I-N-D-E-P mm-hmm. and I just, it wasn't me. I couldn't feel it. <laughs> so now it's like, you know, I'm independent as much as I need to be. Yeah. As much as I have to be, but that's not my end goal. <laughs> I'm more like a mom guilt because I feel like, well, not mom guilt, but like just guilty in general. Cause Which is so Like hard. just seeing a man, like men go through a lot too and I feel For like sure. that's so underrated. Like, Men don't talk about their feelings how mm-hmm. women talk about For their sure. feelings. Definitely. And that's definitely something me and my boyfriend talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I just feel like when I wasn't making a lot of money and not, not being able to help as much as I wanted to, mm-hmm. like I felt guilty. But that's that's like just like my inside. Like, I was gonna say maybe that's that's, that's your. Uh, I feel like that's your survival mode though. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know that's gotten you to this point. And some people, it's like, oh well, I I want to like work on getting out of that stage. But for some people, it's what makes them live. Like that's right. their mechanism. That's right. like. I don't, I'm never going to let myself get to the point to where I was feeling like shit. Just your right. purpose, yeah. I feel like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, and I think it's healthy, too. Oh, definitely. If I don't rich, I'm going to live like Adam Sandler. Yes. Same. His movies are amazing. <laughs> to be honest, All he, like, he dresses All normal. Like, you wouldn't know if right. he wasn't famous. He dresses like he doesn't care. That's, like, if you walk by, I wouldn't notice him. <laughs> Yeah, no, you wouldn't think, I'm oh, that's a movie star. Like, I would dress decent, but yeah. I would just, like, I would have a mediocre house. Like, not something huge, but yeah. I would have a nice car, but go on vacation. Like, experience life. Yes. Invest. Make more yes. money so I can, like, set my son up for success or whatever he wants to do. If he wants to go to college, start his own business. Yeah. Things like that, because... I do want to say things for him, you know. I yeah. want him to live his best life. Like I mm-hmm. want it to be handed to him. I want him to work for it. Mm-hmm. But I do want to kind of live like that. That makes sense. And that's, and I think that's what's perfect. Is you know, all of it can be done. Like you said, everything can be done as long as you're realistic with your goals and what you're trying to do. You know, I somebody could want to live like, oh, I want to be rich, but I want to be a stay at home wife and uh, contribute right. well you're gonna have to contribute at some point like you know to help get to that point especially if your man's not making six figures or i'll even put it on the other side like there are men out there that want to be stay-at-home dads or stay-at-home husbands mm-hmm. how does that work if your wife or your girlfriend at the time is not making six figures like that mm-hmm. that's impossible i'm sorry but there are people out there that are so blind to it and i'm like dude you could you're not even realizing that you can't get there and it's not me being petty it's me saying figure it out like if yeah. you're really invested into being in that life you got to do the research and know how right. to get there but if i set the realistic expectation and i think that's what gets people hurt and what hurts other people is when you try to bring in people and try to change them or make them adapt into oh well you could just be the one kind of like you know making the money and i'll be the one over here and that's not what the other person wants yeah so at the end of the day i think it allows you to live i think it allows you to be the person you want to be and you guys are doing it and being open-minded to it and that's what i appreciate i don't ever like someone telling me there's only one way to do things yeah right you know because there's so maybe an easier way or like or it's not the right totally way. way and i don't know i just you're so small-minded and that's what will cut you off just like in this case, I think we all can agree that we want to make a certain amount of money. Now, for me, I don't know what that X dollar amount is. I don't even want to know what that X dollar amount is because once you start making money a priority and like a dollar sign and a result, you, you get end result, you fixate it. Yeah, you kind of just all you care about the money and you're not having fun when you're doing stuff like this. You know, mm-hmm. you're gonna look back five years from now and look at this podcast and be like, oh my gosh, like we've grown so much. You know, not even noticing it, whereas, you know, some other people are just like, I just want to get paid and get to that end. Like, even just talking right now, like, I don't open up very, like, fast. And she knows that. Like, <laughs> I have, like, a hard rock to crack. Yeah. Um, so, like, talking it a little bit and telling a little bit of my story, mm-hmm. like, that just even shows me how much I've grown already. And, like, like you said, later on when we look back at the podcast, I'm going to be like, wow. Yeah. I'm going to be so happy, like, mm-hmm. just looking back and, wow, that girl, like, came so far from where she was yeah. at that moment. And I think that's important, too, celebrating the the growth and the progress. I mean, we do it all the time since we've merged together. Yeah. We'll text each other, like, at least twice a week and be like, look at how much we've accomplished already. Yeah, and how yeah celebrate the and We just we celebrate done, like, every little baby step. We're like, ah. We've done, like, six months worth of work and... Yeah. That's great. That's really impressive. Yeah. And you have to celebrate. Like, little wins are huge because if you're not going to celebrate it, then who is? Honestly, you know, people are just going to keep coming and utilizing and, you know, taking advantage of what you guys are offering. But you're the only ones that can control how good of it is, you know, how good Mm -hmm. of the end result is. And Mm -hmm. I think if you handle it right and you're just good people, it's going to work out for you in the end. And who knows how that looks? But to you, it looks a specific way that you can only get to by manifesting, praying, or in this case, you know, doing the hard work for it. So, um, 
And I hope we bring everybody with us. Yeah. That's our that's our that's the other main goal of our brand, but each of us individually we wanna bring as many people with us yeah. as we can. Like we don't gatekeep, like I said when we were on the like meeting, yeah. we don't gatekeep because I want everyone to win, so does she do so does she. And that's why we have the training classes and things like that that we spent time putting so much knowledge into mm-hmm. to help them be successful because we were in the same spot at one point, you know, mm-hmm. and somebody out there could be at their breaking point right now. And they're like, I want to change. I, and it takes one choice to change your life forever. I always say that right. it takes one choice to change your life. Right. I can agree. Um, I saw, well, I had someone come into this show and sit down and just kind of talk to me. And he was just like, not to the point where his like he was at his lowest point, but he was just kind of not motivated to do certain things. He makes a lot of content and he just kind of told me like I was really getting disengaged with the whole like social media thing and I just really was discouraged by certain things. And he said he came across one of my TikToks or he just saw something that I posted about the podcast and somebody was telling their story and similar to what you said, like, you know, all it takes is that one person to come across something and you know it changes their day, it lines them up and you know it is okay at the end of the day. You have good days, you have bad days, but the more good days that you have and appreciate the good days, you know, sometimes those bad days get a little less bad. Yeah. And that's all it took for him. And I'm like, dude, that only got like 500 views. Like, and he's like, well, it was one of my, it was the one that I had for myself that really empowered me to start doing stuff again. And that's I'm like, awesome. that's all that matters. You know, yeah. even I, one bad day, there's still a good part right. of the day. Like, that's how you just have to look at like you, you got to and it's hard it really it really is especially if you're competitive with yourself in this case your business yeah. or mm-hmm. you know whatever you're working with and i think what makes me happy is knowing if i have a bad day and i come across somebody that i can at least help out in whatever kind of platform or like shiny area yeah that's kind of what makes allows me to sleep a little bit better at night knowing that i'm trying to do a good thing yeah. you know for people mm-hmm. just like you guys are and Again, that's what kind of brought us to here to get you guys to really talk a little bit more about what you stand for. I like that mm-hmm. you asked, what is our why? Like, mm-hmm. that's a question that not a lot of people ask. Right. And it's, you can't start anything. It's a foundation, you know, in a house. Like, you have to have it. You got to live by it. And if you don't, it's almost like, what are you even doing then? Like, yeah. you know, people start that's things. the thing that's going to keep you going, oh, too, yeah. even in those, those dry spells. Mm-hmm. The headaches, the mm-hmm. stress, you know. The more money you make, the more problems you're going to have. And all you can refer to is your why. And Mm -hmm. it's crazy how much that of a clarity you can have. And I mean, I got my why back when I was like 21 years old, 22. And every time that I feel like, I just don't feel like doing it. It's not really about me. You know, it's about the people that I want to attract, bring in, tell their story and make it more than just something that I created. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad that you guys shared the way you did because I pay attention to things, you know, like I really try to evaluate people and see why they act the way they do, why they talk the way they do. And then when I hear the stories, I'm like, oh, okay. I was pretty nervous, like talking, so. (laughs) Well, you couldn't even tell. You're like, yeah, you're a hard rock. (laughs) (laughs) I can't crack you yet. (laughs) No, I just, I think... You know, sometimes I say stuff, but at the end of the day, I mean, well, um, but no, I thought you did well. I think you both have like a really cool story that you should talk about a lot more. Yeah. Like, I think it is definitely worth a share. And that time that you are with your clients and you're just kind of like, I don't know, like, should I share this with them? If they're going through that hard time and you're like, I don't want to give them my two cents or forget about that. Just, you know, make it about them, but kind of just be like, well, I was kind of in this similar situation. Like, if you, I'm willing to help out anybody can. And that goes so far for people because sometimes they just want to be heard. And other times they're really looking for that, well, person that they feel like doesn't have anything to do with their life. Because we're all our own main characters, you know? Right. I've had this thought lately, like, I just feel like it's something that I want to work towards because I want to get more comfortable, like, talking to people. Okay. Um, like on stage, big groups of people, um, and telling my story. I want to be so healed that I can tell my story. Mm-hmm. That'd be great. Because I feel like there's so much that goes into it, and I I feel like I can really help somebody. I think yeah, yeah. I think both of you guys could. Yeah, like everyone actually, oh, everyone yeah. has a story. Like they can mm-hmm. help somebody. Mm-hmm. But I just really want to work towards that goal because I feel it in me that I need to like talk about it to people. <laughs> you yeah. Let's do it. You'll definitely get there. And when you do, you can mention that 
this was your starting point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one time I was on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and it's cool because, and like you guys, I think both obviously, you know, you have kids. So when they grow up and they get to the point where just like, I kind of want to like see what my parents have done. And yeah. they look you guys up on Google. Google <laughs> oh and my then they gosh. come across like this spot. Like, oh my gosh, look at my mom. And I think the coolest part also to add on to not only just telling your story is having somebody ask about your story and you telling it a little bit differently because it's not really, it's kind of weird when you're in an interview and you're just like, tell me about yourself. But when they're like invested and you're talking about it and you go deeper and deeper, that's where it gives you the opportunity to get vulnerable and be like, mm-hmm. shit, I don't want to share this, but he asked me, he seems like, he, <laughs> right? He seems like he cares. Maybe he doesn't, but I'm just going to share it with you, guys, you know? So it gets you more comfortable. And I think that's another thing that can be used as a, like, like I would really like for you to listen to this. I think you can learn a lot about it. And Kids love taking pride in their parents. That's mm-hmm. something like, oh, my mom does this. My dad does this. Yeah. You know, so that's that's really cool to see. Um, but last question. I know we've been going for about an hour, which is perfect. That's perfect. <laughs> you guys have done good. That's your question, honestly. He's a good talker. Both of you guys have done good. Oh, yes. You just started it on her, but yeah, you talked about the most boring. Right. So. You did good, girl. <laughs> Thank you. That's going to create good content. What are some goals that you guys have for this year? Um, I know we're sitting in March right now, but what have you guys individually set goals for into getting to a place to where you, you know, can be a little bit better? Time management is one of my hugest or biggest um, struggles. Okay. Mm -hmm. I need to manage my time better and make a set schedule because I know that every business owner can kind of relate to that Mm. Um, not being able to kind of keep not to be able to maintain life so much when you don't have a set schedule right yeah that makes sense um but yeah that and I think that's one of my main main ones yeah I like it yeah I think that's a goal for for me too and being more present there you go that's a good one Mm-hmm. like in every aspect because sometimes people will be talking to me and my mind will be like on everything mm-hmm. else. <laughs> I'm like huh I don't even know it's like an entrepreneur mindset I feel yeah. if you're in a if you're in a place where you're almost like a, a leader or like trying to create ideas on the go like you're always your mind's everywhere yeah. and I'm like that too I'm just like eating and I'm just I'm not even thinking about eating and I'm hungry but I'm not thinking about eating I'm thinking about tomorrow it's like a yeah. trying to make mental notes right. about everything right yeah. and I've gotten a little bit better about writing stuff down but when I do write stuff down I sleep better at night and when I know I don't sleep good and organization good. yeah organization is a big one for yeah. me yeah. <laughs> you're good at it though yeah. you help me it depends on what what we're organizing yeah. probably but I think for the business too, I think a personal goal that I have is I want to help 100 people start their business this year. Oh, okay. Like before the end of this year, I want us to hit 100 yes. people that we've helped start. Okay, that's their a business. good goal. That is a good goal. In any type of business? Well, the teeth fighting uh, business. Oh, okay. I was like, because I know you had mentioned, you but know, also sparking. motivate them, like inspire and motivate them to to find. I mean, maybe it's not teeth whitening for them. Maybe they okay. don't come to us and start a business through us, but. I want to start creating more content for our page. And we talked about this a little bit too, where we want to kind of branch out and share more content that does kind of inspire this. There's another way to do it. Like maybe you're in a nine to five, but you don't want that life and you just don't know where to go. Like we want to help kind of gap navigate and show people that there, there are other options. And Mm -hmm. so, especially because I think, you know, you've worked from home in a different way. And then we started this business together. So we have that. And I've done so many other things too. Like I have this huge knowledge of all the different possibilities that there are. So I think just us helping people, maybe it's not too frightening, but we can help show them like there are other things that you can do Yeah, that you can add to an income stream in your life. Mm -hmm. It's a mindset. Like if you think small minded, like, if we thought small-minded, we would just be offering teeth whitening services, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Yeah. But we offer, we sell products to techs. We sell products to, you know, actual customers. We sell them to, um, like, we even do training classes, things like that. There's just so much that you can do. There's endless limits. There's some events that we do and pop-ups and 
group events and things like that. I mean, there's so many different ways that you can take even just this business and it applies to narrow minded. You yeah. Know? Excellent. You can you you gotta adapt or die. At right. the end of the day, you gotta make right. sure that you're staying up to date with everything that's going on. You know, and I like I like your idea in terms of not trying to mold people into what you're doing because, like you said, there are people out there that probably don't have kids that don't ever want to have kids. Mm-hmm. There are people out there that want to work a nine to five up until they're fifty and take mm-hmm. out their retirement at seventy five. Like, there's just so many different ways to go, and I think if that's your mindset of just trying to help anyone and you know, molding it to something they want. Oh my gosh, you guys would be so powerful with that, yeah. you know, because it would fit to them. It's like a mm-hmm. secret sauce for each person that comes <laughs> in, honestly. But the little hint of love. Yeah, there you go. There you go. But I appreciate you guys coming. Thank you so much. Thank you. Guys.